It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ron Rivera says the Washington Commanders are likely to enter their offseason programs with Sam Howell as quarterback number one. What Rivera's words really mean for the Commanders offseason coming up right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us first listen to your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison of Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter at DHarrison82. My co-host, Chris Russell. On Twitter, WrestleMania621, part of Team 980's Russell and Medhurst, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, live or anytime on the Odyssey app. Not here, but we both thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. We examined earlier this week how closely the Washington Commanders stood up to the Super Bowl contending roster in Kansas City, and we're going to do the same with Philly today but first the commanders are swinging big to find a new starting quarterback they're just not going to do it until after the nfl draft because on wednesday washington head coach ron rivera said quote well i think he most certainly can be when asked about howell being or winning the washington's starting quarterback job i know this we will go into otas mini camp and training camp with sam howell more than likely qb1 and we'll see what happens I mean, it's his opportunity. This is a challenge to him. If he comes out and does the things that he's capable of, we believe he's capable of, he can most certainly be our guy, but we'll find out. Again, that's what competition is going to do. It's going to bring the best out in all our guys, end quote. So first of all, what, what does it mean right off the bat? We've already kind of been told that when they're interviewing offensive coordinators, the commanders have been telling these candidates that Sam Howell is likely to be your starting quarterback come in so they want to know what the plan is or kind of what the vision is for a quarterback like Sam Howell, how they're going to develop him, integrate him into their system, all of these things. But these words mean just a little bit more than on the surface. Boom. Sam Howell's quarterback number one. It's his job to lose all of these other things. And I'm sure there's a lot of people excited about it. I'm excited about it. It's been a lot of time during the season talking to Sam, even while he was the number three quarterback uh, doing all those things. Great kid, great head on his shoulder. Very, very uh, obviously a very smart football mind or else he wouldn't be uh, in the National Football League. And I think it's important to remember that not that long ago, really, relatively in time, uh, it might seem like a long time ago now, but not that long ago, Sam Howell was being mocked as the number one quarterback taken in the NFL draft, maybe the number two player taken uh, in the NFL draft, a first-round lock by most people. And then North Carolina lost pretty much all of its offensive talent talent to the NFL draft, De'Ami Brown going to Washington as part of that exodus and basically stripped the cupboards bare for Sam Howell and North Carolina, yet Sam and his offensive coordinator in North Carolina, Phil Longo, still able to construct an offense, an execute an offense that helps Sam set numerous, numerous records. Probably holds the record for the amount of records he holds at a single school. That's not a quote. 
that's not direct information, but he, he holds a lot of records uh, there. And you, and you can't do that uh, even when you have NFL talent on your roster. You can't do that without uh, having some talent of your own. So that's first and foremost, absolutely through the roof, through you know to the moon. Uh, excited to see Sam Howell get his opportunity to be the starter for the Washington Commanders. But you still have a whole lot of offseason left. You still got re-signings. You still got free agents. We've got the NFL draft, potential trades coming up. So what do these comments really mean from Ron Rivera? And for me, when I look at these comments, the phrase more than likely sticks out. Also, Rivera mentions opportunity, challenge, and then he says the word, the most important word in my mind, competition. So to me, what this means, Sam Howell is not getting handed the job the way that Carson Wentz got handed the job, the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick really got handed the job, uh, the way that Dwayne Haskins was handed the job, Alex Smith, all these guys. He's going, Sam Howell's going to have to come in and fight for it. And, and to be honest, I think that's the way it should be done. And I think that if Sam Howell is, is, is as competitive as I think he is, he's going to enjoy or appreciate that if he gets this starting job, it's going to be because he took it. It's going to be because he earned it. And that's going to help gather the locker room uh, around him. Earlier this offseason, I floated the idea of re-signing Taylor Heineke, having Taylor come in, be that veteran quarterback presence. He's a great backup. He's a great motivator. He's a great locker room guy. Keep Jake from you keep Sam Howell, obviously. Maybe you draft a late round guy or you get a UDFA uh, to be a practice squad quarterback and you roll in with a quarterback's table uh, that looks like that. Now, the hurdles that obviously Taylor Heineke is Scott Turner's guy, right? I mean, he's surely he's, he's Ron Rivera's guy too. I think he's more Scott Turner's guy, right? I think we all agree uh, on that. Is he going to follow Scott to Vegas? I don't know how that's going to really work. Um, number two, the problem with having all these guys start over Taylor Heineke over the years, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz, to me has always been that Taylor was never given the opportunity to win or lose the job, that he was always the backup, and he was always going to be the backup. Well, if you bring back a Taylor Heineke, and you bring Sam Howell into OTAs, training camp, mini camps, all that stuff is QB1, but you make it a true competition with he and Taylor Heineke. If Sam Howell beats Taylor Heineke, the locker room will get behind him. If Sam Howell genuinely beats Taylor Heineke, that is, that's, you know, we've had some quote unquote competitions involving Taylor Heineke before, but let's be real, they weren't real open competitions. But I don't know that that's the way Ron Rivera is going to go. I think he's going to go another direction to get that competition for Sam. But what this means, First off, is that the Washington Commanders are out on Derek Carr. I don't know if they were ever in on Derek Carr, but now they're out on Derek Carr. He's visiting the New Orleans Saints for a reason. It's because he's looking for a team to lead, not a team to compete to lead. Derek Carr is not interested in a potential backup situation. So via trade, via signing, Derek Carr not coming to Washington, which most people would be happy about because you don't want to see them trade for another veteran quarterback, already losing a third-round pick this year in the trade for Carson Wentz last year. So that's point number one that I'm pulling from this point. Number two that I'm pulling from Ron Rivera's comments. There's also not going to be a trade up in day one for a quarterback. So goodbye, CJ Stroud. Goodbye, Bryce Young. Goodbye, Will Levis. And most likely Anthony Richardson. If there were ever options, probably not options now, because again, if you're going to put a young quarterback out there and say he's going to have a fighting chance to be our starting quarterback, you better put an offensive line ahead of him. And if you're skipping over offensive linemen to draft a, comp a competing quarterback, I don't care who wins the quarterback battle. That kid's going to be running for his life, and that's no way to determine who the future of your franchise is going to be. So number two, no day one trade up for a quarterback. In fact, no day one drafting of a quarterback. Number three, unlikely, in my opinion, the Washington Commanders are unlikely to draft a quarterback before day three. Why? Because Sam Howell is a fifth-round draft pick, 
And in today's court of public opinion, in today's court of media opinion, draft position matters. It means something. And I stand firm, guys. I think that the Washington Commanders had a second, third round grade uh, on Sam Howe. And when they got to the third round, fourth round, they probably didn't expect to see Sam Howe come back around in the fifth round. So when they did, they're like, bro, we got it. Like, this is crazy. We can't just pass over him uh, again. Carson Wentz, ego be damned. We're going to go get our guy. They did so. But the bottom line is he's a fifth round pick. You put a fifth round pick out there as your quarterback, one to start OTAs, all this other stuff. And you got a third round quarterback sitting there uh, as well. The second that fifth round quarterback starts to struggle a little bit, that third round quarterback, they're going to get some pressure from the media, from the fan base. You're going to feel it, whether you like it or not, to put that guy in there. So I don't look for the Washington Bears to draft a guy before the fifth round, honestly, uh, at, at all. Now, we'll dive deeper into what all those things mean. So what does that really mean? How are they going to add to this quarterback room? Again, you have Jake Fromm. I think you're looking at a veteran, a bridge quarterback type veteran, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo, who honestly, I don't think there's a place out there that's going to hand Jimmy Garoppolo uh, a starting job. Andy Dalton is still under contract with the New Orleans Saints, but if they decide to move on from him, Maybe that's a guy. Jameis Winston is a guy that's rumored to be on his way out of New Orleans. Maybe that's a guy. Marcus Mariota is always a guy. Like, There's a lot of other quarterbacks that can come in, be a veteran, but not be a guy that there's not a whole lot of people that are going to pound the table for those guys to start over Sam Howell, even if Sam, Sam starts to uh, struggle. So we'll dive into each of those meanings a little bit deeper as we drive deeper into the offseason. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get those out here uh, on the day, Wednesday recording, Thursday episode. That Ron Rivera said, Sam Howell, quote, is uh, most likely, to, unquote, to be the Washington Commanders' number one quarterback. Oh, by the way, on Wednesday as well, Rivera named this year's recipient of the Salute to Service Award in recognition for his efforts supporting the military community. So congratulations to him. Certainly a well-deserved recognition for Coach Rivera. How far off are the Washington Commanders from competing with the Philadelphia Eagles for an NFC East division title and, more importantly, a Super Bowl championship? We'll examine the defense first coming up here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insight from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering hired quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listener, first view every single day. Where does the Washington Commanders defense stack up against the Philadelphia Eagles? That's what we're diving into here in segment two. Uh, and we're going to do it the same way we did for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, when we stacked up against Kansas City Chiefs, we gave uh, the biggest gap between the two rosters on offense. We gave the biggest uh, or the closest, I guess, most narrow gap, right? Where the, where the commanders are most competitive compared to the Chiefs roster. We're going to do the same thing here. But because it's just me, because Chris isn't here, we're going to do the biggest gap and the closest margin for offense and for defense. Plus, this is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is an NFC East division rival. So you're a little bit more concerned about how these two teams stack up together than the commanders do, say, with the Kansas City Chiefs. First step is always winning your division. This is the team that won uh, the division this year, and they're competing for a Super Bowl. So to me, starting on defense, the biggest gap is in the linebacker position. And to be quite honest with you, Hassan Reddick alone, it's a done deal, right? Even beyond before you get to the numbers, before you get to the other players, the depth, all that stuff, Hassan Reddick versus the Washington Commanders uh, linebacker group, the Eagles win pretty much right there. And that's not, you know, to be to be disrespectful to any of the commanders, linebackers, certainly some talented guys over there. But Hassan Reddick has just been on another one. Now, to qualify this, right, there is there are some differences, some significant differences in the way that each team operates defensively. So there is going to be a grain of salt to this part of the conversation, because while both teams have a base 4-3 defense, their 4-3 defenses look a whole lot different. And what Hassan Reddick is being asked to do versus what Jamin Davis Cole Holcomb, David Mayo, all these guys are being asked to do not the same thing. So I acknowledge that. But when we're looking at how these two teams employ their linebackers, when you look at win percentages as pass rushers from the linebackers, the Eagles hold the top two spots. When you take Washington, you take Philly, and you list all their off-ball linebackers or their outside linebackers, and you put them up as pass rushers, TJ Edwards and Hassan Reddick win uh, with a minimum of a 4% win margin over Jamin Davis. When Jamin is a pass rusher, even in pass coverage, right? So the Eagles are very, they, Hassan Reddick blitzes a lot. He rushes a lot. Uh, so, do his, so do his teammates. So, of course, they're probably going to be better at that. So, Jamin should be better at some of the other stuff, right? Well, even in pass coverage, where you would think that maybe Jamin has the advantage because Philly likes to blitz their linebacker so much, Davis is actually allowing a higher quarterback rating over guys like Kazir White, who the Philadelphia Eagles use as their primary cover linebacker. Uh, in fact, Jamin Davis' a QBR allowed uh, against the pass and pass coverage is nine points higher than Kazir White's, uh, and Kazir White led the Eagles in coverage snaps from the linebacker position. Now, again, huge grain of salt because the Eagles employ their linebackers differently than the Washington Commanders. Plus, Jamin Davis is pretty much the main guy out there. Cole Holcomb was obviously on that pace, but when he got hurt, that pretty much uh, fell off. So we're comparing Jamin Davis to three other linebackers, uh, which makes it a little bit unfair as well, because Jamin was clearly by far Washington's primary linebacker, had nearly 400 more snaps than the second linebacker on the commander's roster, which was Cole Holcomb, who missed a huge chunk of the season due to injury. So 400 more snaps. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles have three linebackers with more than 800 snaps alone. So Again, usage has to do is, is a big part here. But at the same time, when you have the players used this way, like I, I can't imagine that Jack Del Rio, if he has a Hassan Rick, if he's got Kazir White, if he's got Jamin Jam Davis, he's not going to use these guys uh, in, in similar uh, form. So more so in the gap usage than anything else, Washington probably felt comfortable doing what they were doing. Philly has obviously felt comfortable doing what they were doing. But those are the numbers. So again, 
uh, is it completely fair to Jamie? No, and I, and I, want, and I keep saying that because I want to make sure that this is clearly not meant to be like a hit piece on Jamin Davis. All right. Can't ask him to do what three Philadelphia Eagles linebackers do, but the way the Philadelphia Eagles employ their linebackers essentially is making them more effective than the way the Washington commanders employ their linebackers. We'll see what they do in the NFL draft. We'll see the steps Jamin Davis takes uh, in year three. Perhaps Jack Del Rio gets a little bit more creative with how he uses his linebackers. And maybe that can make them a little bit more exciting, a little bit more impactful the way that the Eagles linebackers are. So if anything, it's a little bit on a coaching, more of a usage uh, type of deal than it is anything else. Now, where the Washington Commanders defense is most competitive compared to the Philadelphia Eagles defense to me is clearly the defensive line. For the Commanders, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and James Smith-Williams, we're going to use those guys as a starting four in 2022. For the Eagles, we got Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham. The Eagles had 50 sacks from their down linemen, their four down, down linemen. Again, Hassan Reddick, not a down lineman. She'll put his hand in the dirt sometimes, I'm sure, but for the most part, he's standing up 15 sacks uh, on top of that. The Eagles' sack rate was insane. Commander's defensive line, 31 sacks, starting defensive line. Eagles starting defensive line, though, 36 quarterback hits. The Commander's 48 quarterback hits, so a little bit more uh, there than the Eagles. And then in the running game, the Eagles' defensive front four, 95 tackles combined. Commander's 105 tackles combined. So, again, I think very – I mean, the sack numbers are completely insane. But I think after that, you get very, very even production uh, from both units. And each team is going to hope to get better production in year two from two high-round draft picks, 2022 rookies, Jordan Davis and Fedari Mathis. Jordan Davis, I don't know if Philly's considering him a bust or they're just so talented that they really didn't have time or room to use. A Fedari Mathis obviously injured in the first week uh, of the season, so hopefully nobody's out there calling Phil uh, a bust because that would be incredibly unfair, more unfair uh, than, than perhaps stacking up Jamin Davis against – three Philadelphia Eagles linebackers. So that's the defense. Again, some grains of salt to be taken there, but I think by and large, you look at mostly the way that the, the Eagles employ their, their linebackers. And then you look at uh, the similarities and kind of where uh, the commander's defensive line. Look, if you get a healthy chase young this coming season, and he can kind of take that step forward that we've been waiting for him uh, to take, perhaps you can bite into that 19 sack difference uh, between the front fours. It's the offense's turn now. As we continue our side-by-side of the Eagles and Commanders rosters on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Today's episode of Locked on Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, if you want to take the Philadelphia Eagles and the one and a half points that they're favored by, you can do it. If you want to take the Kansas City Chiefs to cover that one and a half points and or flat out win the Super Bowl, you can do that. If you want to take either team on the money line, you can do that as well. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Flipping over to the offensive side of things now as we continue our side-by-side stack of the Washington Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles rosters. Uh, the way that we're doing this, guys, so like for the offense, like we're not doing commanders running backs versus Eagles defensive line types of evaluation, literally a side-by-side evaluation when looking at these two teams uh, and kind of where Philadelphia is stronger in their Super Bowl roster, where Washington is, is maybe stronger or competitive already to kind of gauge where the gap needs to be filled in order for Washington to compete with the likes of the Philadelphia Eagles heading into the Super Bowl. We did the same exercise with the Kansas City Chiefs. Not on our last episode, but the one before that. Our last episode, Chris Russell uh, had the the legendary Doug Williams on the show. So make sure you check out both of those episodes. They're both great. Uh, the interview with Chris and, and Doug was was absolutely amazing. More interviews to come uh, here during, during the offseason. The most competitive group uh, the, the where the, the commanders stack the closest to the Philadelphia Eagles offense, in my opinion, is in the wide receiver group. So Washington's top three wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, they ca- accounted for 51% of the team's receptions and 63% of the receiving yards. And that number would have gone up even more if Jahan Dodson didn't miss that stretch of games with the hamstring injury that he did. However, Philadelphia's top three, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, accounted for 62% of the team's receptions and 70% of the receiving yards. Now, just how close does Washington get with Jahan Dodson being healthy all year? I don't know, but obviously they're going to get closer uh, than 51-63% versus 62 and 70%, right? Now, to me, the AJ Brown Devontae Smith gap is wider than is wider compared is a wider gap from Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel than Jahan Dotson is to Quez Watkins. What I'm saying is Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel are not as good a duo as AJ Brown Devontae Smith. I think we all can acknowledge that. We don't like it, but I think we can all acknowledge that. However, Jahan Dotson as a third receiver, to me, is much better than Quez Watkins, even in his rookie year, even with uh, the injury. So now if Dotson becomes a number two receiver in year two, which is where a lot of rookies or a lot of young players make kind of that, that big leap. He's had a year of NFL ball. Now he's out there training. He knows kind of what to expect now comes into training camp, not learning the NFL life, but already accustomed to it. So hopefully you get a little bit of growth out of him there. And Samuel kind of becomes more of that wide receiver three still expects to see a lot of kind of running back uh, hybrid usage out of him. But really you see Jahan elevate into uh, that number two role, I think when when you have Terry McLaurin and John Dotson compared to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that gap is closer. And then Curtis Samuel, to me, is still a better third receiver than Quez Watkins. And then even beyond there for the Eagles depth chart, uh, you know, I, I think with Washington Commanders have potential if they bring back Cam Sims and Deami Brown can maybe take a step forward uh, here in, in the next season. I think you've got better depth uh, in Washington as well. So to me, that is where the Eagles and Commanders roster is most closely married. And then the biggest gap, this is not going to be a surprise other than quarterback because, again, right now we just have an expected to compete for the starting job quarterback. We don't even have a starting quarterback to talk about with the Commanders. So the biggest gap in talent to me is the offensive line. It's pretty simple, guys. Four Philadelphia starting offensive linemen, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, and Isaac Sumalo. They're all graded higher on PFF than all of Washington starters. Like, there's not a single Washington starter graded higher than those four Eagles starting offensive linemen. 
But Charles Leno Jr. and Sam Cosme do grade higher than Landon Dickerson, who was the fifth Eagles starter. Um, but all seven of those players, all seven of those, so all five of the Eagles starters and then Charles Leno Jr. Sam Cosme all grade higher than 70, uh, according to PFF and total offensive grading. But the only other commander's offensive lineman graded higher than 60 is Cornelius Lucas, who comes through the 67.7. Every other Washington offensive lineman, starter, rotational, otherwise comes in under or at 60 or below. Meanwhile, commander's offensive linemen hold four of the top five spots in that same group. Eagles linemen, commander's linemen, four of the top five in those two groups combined in sacks allowed belong to the Washington commanders. All five, all top five spots in those groups allowed uh, for quarterback hits allowed belong to the Washington commanders and four of the top five in total pressures allowed also belong to the Washington commanders. So, Washington Commanders trailing. Their offensive line group is trailing quite a bit in, in offensive grade, according to the Philadelphia Eagles, and then leading in sacks allowed, hits allowed, total pressures allowed uh, compared to the Eagles group. Uh, however, something interesting, the Eagles did take all five top five spots in penalties for their offensive line, which I thought was interesting. Uh, perhaps a mechanism of playing with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts. So there you have it. The biggest gap on offense between the Eagles Super Bowl caliber roster and the commanders non-playoff caliber roster is the offensive line, in my opinion. Again, discounting the quarterback because we don't even know who the quarterback is yet for the Washington commanders, um, all those things. And then the most competitive group on the offense between the two, to me, is the wide receiver. The closest in talent is a wide receiver group. Most competitive group on defense is the defensive line group. And then the biggest gap uh, is with the linebackers. But again, both of these teams use their linebackers in very different ways. So uh, kind of a, kind of an anecdotal evaluation there of that position group uh, more than anything. Maybe if you want to go to the secondary, I would say Washington safeties better than the, than the Eagles safeties, even with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But then the Eagles cornerbacks uh, probably better than what Washington has right now. But look, that first-round pick, we've seen Christian Gonzalez. We've seen uh, a, lot of, a lot of cornerbacks mocked to the Washington commanders in that first round. That could close that gap. Uh, as well. So until then, you got a lot of time between now, the combine owners meetings, NFL draft, and then OTAs right around the corner, guys. We're going to get right back to this thing. So we do get to all that. We thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast. First listener, your first view of the day. Make sure you're also subscribed to Locked On NFL, where you get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with the NFL key predictions every Friday. And Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game to game episodes locked on nfl just like locked on commanders will be here for you all off season long so make sure you're subscribed available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast you got questions or topics or comments on this episode or anything else you want to talk about or we're talking about send them in to locked on washington commanders at gmail.com or hit the dms at lo commanders on twitter we've got some mock drafts sent in by some commanders fans love getting those want to get some more we've got another mock draft monday coming up next week until then i've been david harrison of commander country on sports illustrated's fan nation credential member of the media find me on twitter at d harrison 82 my co-host partner in crime chris russell on twitter at russellmania 621 find him on the team 980 and we thank you for making this show your first listener your first view every single day and for involving us in your football routines if you're out and about please be safe be kind to one another and as always thank you for joining me right here on locked on commanders is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 